Welcome to Travel Tips Tuesday with John Rogers. On today's show, you'll learn up-to-date, creative, and personal tips that will help you make your travel dreams a reality. Enjoy today's episode. Here's John. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another super fun episode of Travel Tips Tuesday. As we are recording this live, even the intro right now, it is May the 4th, so this is our special kind of sort of Star Wars themed episode, but we do pop in some pretty practical advice for families that are traveling and even groups that are traveling to the Walt Disney World Resort, uh, Disneyland, and really you could take a lot of what we talk about tonight and apply it to almost any travel destination uh, that's out there. Some of it is Disney specific, uh, but not uh, not solely so. So I hope this is helpful for you. It it is another look at a a popular topic that we have addressed before, and we are kind of taking another sort of pandemic, uh, putting our pandemic lens on it since things have changed a little bit with how we encounter the world and how we uh, encounter our travel nations destinations that are that are out there. So thank you all so much for tuning in for another fun episode and let's get into it, shall we? Tonight this is Travel Tips Tuesday and it is May the 4th, 2021. May the 4th be with you everyone. International Star Wars Day we're celebrating with everybody. And our question of the day is what Star Wars experience, again, our question of the day is, what Star Wars experience should Disney add to the parks? So again, what Star Wars experience should Disney add to the parks? Where all these different things that are out there that Disney could do, dining, uh, attractions, character greetings, thematic you know, elements, if it's a music, if it's a lighting, if it's a special effect thing, whatever it is, if it's a special tour, I mean, all those kinds of things. Like creating your own Star Wars movie, I don't know, just kind of throwing it out there. We had a massive response, what I would call a massive response, maybe for me anyway, uh, on uh, the Facebook news feed earlier with this question. But what Star Wars experience should Disney add to the parks? We'd love to hear from some of you all tonight. Uh, again, a lot of you have already commented on, on the news feed. Even if you have, we'd love for you to plug it in here. And we'd love to be able to highlight some of those here in a little bit. And we'll go back and take a look at some of those comments here uh, in just a little bit. But first, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some Disney news as we get into it. So in because it's International Star Wars Day, let's talk about some Star Wars news. Uh, Disney, they're kind of known for uh, trying to say a lot with a little or maybe trying to say a little with, with a lot in a very big, grandiose way. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of things that some people had either speculated or that we knew for a fact uh, about some of the things we're going to say here in just a minute. Um, but uh, Disney made sort of a very intentional announcement and push with Star Wars today, obviously. Uh, but specifically, they're talking about the Star Wars-themed uh, hotel, the Galactic Star Cruiser that is uh, being built uh, at the Walt Disney World Resort, kind of on the backside of Disney's Hollywood Studios, uh, next to the old cast member parking lot area. Uh, but just the, here's just sort of a, a, a little sort of snippet, and then I'm going to get into some details. I printed off what's like a six-page article uh, from... The Disney Parks blog. I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight a few of those uh, parts and talk about a few things for you. Uh, so again, I'm gonna read it uh, for those of you that are listening to this live or even podcast. You can look this up. Uh, the link is not in the comments now. I may put that in the podcast description later, so you can find this. Uh, so you can see some of the pictures and different things. But for everyone, I'm just gonna kind of read it since we're all here together uh, right now. So. 
Uh, here's a bit of Star Wars news for you. Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser at Walt Disney World Resort will take you to a galaxy far, far away starting in 2022 for an all-immersive two-night vacation experience that goes beyond anything Disney has ever created before. Now, let me stop right there. For some of you, especially if you're p- planning, you're like thinking you're going to go to Disney Hangout for several days. You're like, well, wow, I don't want to go to the, the Star Wars Hotel for only two days. First of all, you're only going to be able to go there for two days if you can get a reservation. Uh, and I would love, like, if you want help getting the reservation, you want to get on uh, kind of my punch list, my ready list uh, for that, please drop your uh, name in the comments. Uh, let me know. Uh, shoot me a message on, on Facebook, uh, email, what have you, and would love to connect with you about that. But all that aside is the, the two-night vacation is probably a very light word for it. It's an experience and is an all immersive experience that is not going to be anything like you've ever uh, done before. It's not going to be a cruise ship vacation. It's not an all inclusive vacation, though it's mostly going to be all inclusive. There's still more details that are kind of coming out about it, but it's going to be the most amazing thing you've ever experienced. I'm going to kind of read a, a few things for you. There's a, there's a teaser video and we first saw this, sort of uh, in an announcement that Josh DeMauro, who's chairman of Disney Parks and Experiences, uh, made a a quasi-announcement. He finished off a speech with this, with what looked to be a real live working lightsaber. Today, um, on uh, Disney Parks blog, YouTube, Facebook, really anywhere on the interwebs, you can find it, Instagram, you know, all those kind of places, Twitter, you can find a link to this video of, of this Ray character, a very simple line that was narrated. Uh, basically, back was facing the camera, she turns around and then lights up what is a real lighting lightsaber. I've sort of I've got a picture of it here. This is not the best thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> cause you know, uh, low tech, low budget, uh, we're, we're working on it though. We're trying to make things a little bit more accessible for you, but, um, this particular lightsaber just, it looks absolutely incredible and it, it's not something that you're going to be able to make. We don't really know anything about this real working lightsaber just yet. There's all sorts of speculation as to what it could be and how it could work and you know what's the guest's interaction, if any, going to be with this particular uh, lightsaber. All that we know is that there will be one somehow at the Galactic Star Cruiser uh, experience. So we don't know that um, that we, we don't know how, that's all I'm trying to say. We don't know how that's going to kind of play into everything. I'll just kind of read you the blurb from the uh, Parks blog article. Yes, that's a new type of lightsaber Ray is holding in her hand, created by Walt Disney Imagineering. Research and development guests who experience Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser will be the first to see it in action, along with so much more, starting in 2022 when this amazing two-night adventure debuts. That's a better word for it. Not a vacation, it's an adventure. Watching that lightsaber activate right before your eyes will be just one of the countless ways that from the moment you arrive to the moment you depart, you'll be plunged into a Star Wars story where your decision and decisions and actions or even the casual conversations you may have determine how your personal journey unfolds. It is a story. Is it a journey? It, it's a journey. One of the things that, that Disney is known for is, uh, is, is being story makers, story tellers. And, and the whole reason why Disney employees are called cast members and not uh, team members or employees is because 
they are cast in, in part of the whole grand show that you're a part of. The, the places that you can see as a guest in the parks and even Disney Springs, those are on stage areas, the places that you can't see, that you don't have access to go, except under very special circumstances, those are backstage areas. You'll see signs that say cast members only. So the, the language even that's used in Disney parks uh, is, is, is there to kind of give you this sort of feeling that you're sort of in, in the show, you're, you're immersed in the experience. You're not just quote unquote in the Disney bubble. You're part of the show and the Disney galactic, excuse me, the star Wars galactic star cruiser is going to, is going to take that to an entirely new level. I'm so excited. There's a, there's some new art that I hadn't seen before uh, that was released today. And there's a lot of really cool things uh, for you to see there. So I highly recommend if you have not seen this to go to the Disney parks blog, uh, take a look at it. Not now uh, while you're listening to the show, uh, but take a look at it later. There's a bunch of other really cool things in there. Some little kind of knickknacks that they mentioned. Um, even sort of Darth Maul themed dessert that's got some horns coming out of it. That's kind of fun. Uh, and a few other uh, little bits and bobs, as you were, um, that are in there. So uh, really excited about what all that's coming with the Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. And for those of you that are listening to... Uh, this on podcast sorry about the rustling of the papers there but we're kind of done with that uh right now so the only other thing i'll mention as far as star wars go you're probably noticing my shirt i don't normally wear something like this normally it's you know either star wars themed or disney themed or travelmation themed uh as it were this is a shirt that my wife created uh shout out to tanya uh, she has her own business called by tanya rogers and uh, she has a, a cricket that's actually right here behind me that she does a lot of work on she actually hand drew this, converted it to the cricket, and this is the uh, Clone Force ninety nine logo from uh, Bad Batch or Clone Wars. So if you've watched that series, uh, the Bad Batch series, which is the newest series on Disney Plus, debuted today. There's a roughly seventy minute or so long episode that I'm watching right after we get done tonight, and this thing is uploaded uh, for for podcast listeners. So if you haven't watched the Bad Batch. Uh, I would suggest going and watching the Clone War series first. There's a, there are a few seasons of it. It may take you a little while to get through it, but I promise you it'll make a lot more sense if you go and watch it before you watch uh, Bad Batch. It's a very good. It's not just a cartoon show. The storying is good. Uh, the, the story arcs are pretty decent. There's a couple of kind of eh, iffy ones, if we're being honest, in there. Uh, but it's a great storyline that kind of gives you uh, more of a background on uh, on, on who Anakin Skywalker was, first of all, not just as the little boy that became Darth Vader, but uh, gives you a lot more into his relationship with Obi-Wan. Um, and it's, it's pretty exciting. It's good stuff. So if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend uh, for you to watch it. So again, as we move forward, I want to go ahead and drop this there in the uh, viewer for you. What Star Wars experience should Disney add to the parks? Please tell us. I would love to know. Let's see who has commented. Uh, if anybody is, yeah. Um, Jen says, oh man, I'd love to go to Hoth. Hoth would be absolutely amazing to visit for sure. Uh, if you've seen the Starbucks has those, uh, Starbucks, and I think they're called Anywhere Mugs. I've got a few of them from the parks, but they have a series of them, uh, from like Hoth, I think Batu and, and Tatooine. You can actually buy them on Shop Disney. I think they're only like 20 bucks, you know, plus shipping, of course. Um, <laughs> my buddy, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Clark says, John, what a guy, what a travel agent. Love the podcast, friend. Thank you for the kind shout out, Jonathan. You're awesome. Um, would, uh, would, would love to see you hopefully soon. Uh, Jen also says, dude, when I was a kid, I would love to have given anything to have had that blue milk. That dream came true in 2000 
and 19. She also says that she watched half the season of season one of Clone Wars, I'm assuming, um, that we were talking about. So uh, that's pretty cool uh, that you've watched that. And again, please go and watch um, Clone Wars. I would love for you to kind of have that experience. It's good, especially if you're a massive Star Wars fan. So Let's get into tonight's content. That's enough Star Wars talk tonight. Again, I'm going to leave this up for a little bit uh, as we're kind of chatting in case anybody else drops in uh, on the comments tonight. We'd love to hear from some of you. I may go back to uh, my Facebook news feed here in just a minute to kind of uh, recap some of those things as it were for you uh, as you're tuning in tonight. And let's get started. So top seven, well, ish. I'm actually not going to go one by one. I started off with kind of a top seven, and then it just kind of went on and went on from there. Um, but we'll say the top tips for traveling with large families or kind of multifamily or blended families at Walt Disney World. So in this sort of pre-show time, I was explaining the reason why we're doing this. And if this sounds familiar before, yes, we've kind of sprinkled in some tips here and there because we have, you know, I'm part of a family of six, married and have four kids. Um, and you know, we've talked about this before kind of in trip reports, but also even dedicated a show to it a while back, but not since the events of the past year plus, uh, from the pandemic. So things have changed a little bit as far as what to expect and how I would advise guests and families that are planning a trip. So that's why I bring it back up. Um, I've, I've worked with several families that have traveled, uh, to the Walt Disney world resort. So I'm kind of taking some things that I've learned from them and also some personal experiences to kind of hopefully, uh, give you some expectations. So Again, this is not if you just have an, a, a large you know, family like you, your spouse, and, and kids. But I'm talking if you're being, bringing grandma and grandpa, or you're going with another group of friends, uh, even if you're going with a large group, like if it's a, if it's a high school or band trip or something like that. I mean, this could apply to a number of different situations uh, as, far as, the, as far as the things that, uh, that we'll mention. So um, I hope this uh, is, is helpful for you uh, tonight. So... Here we go. All right. Cool. Just making sure we are all set. Awesome. So this is what happens when you're running it by yourself. Uh, sometimes you'll hear me just sort of talk to myself, and that's what you get. Um, so some top tips for traveling with large large families or groups. Number one, it's the most basic thing that's out there. We're focusing on Disney specifically, but, you know, these tips could um, be, you know, used for other things, uh, I suppose, as well. Number one, consider the age or speed in which everyone moves. So if you're going by yourself, you're probably moving at a pretty flexible speed. You can go as hard as you want. You can go as slow as you want and as relaxing as you want. You set your own pace. If you're going with someone else, that changes a little bit, especially if that someone else is, is younger than you. Um, I'm actually going to be taking my oldest daughter, she knows this now, uh, oldest daughter to uh, the Universal Orlando Resort, so that other resort down I-4. Uh, we will leave uh, Sunday afternoon and be down there for three days. We might do a live travel tips Tuesday from Universal uh, next week. That'll be really cool if we can work that out. Um, but and we'll be, you know, I'll be posting and updating all sorts of Universal things, and we'll have a Universal trip report the, the week following that. Um, but if you know, when I go with her, I'm not thinking about like that particular trip. Like we're talking Universal, but even if it was if it was Disney. You know, we're not going to be talking about riding the the Velocicoaster if we even if we could get on at Universal right now. You know, at Disney, um, you know, she's not the biggest fan of some of the m more intense rides and roller coasters. She probably wouldn't do Tower of Terror, wouldn't do Rock and Roller Coaster. So those are some of the things that I know. Okay, number one, you're going to have to evaluate. Are you going to be able to do everything that you want to do? 
probably not. In a place like Disney, you're probably not going to be able to get to do it all anyway. So realistic expectations right up there, right up front. Uh, don't go into planning a trip that you're you're used to doing all the time, um, If especially if, when you're going with a larger group because you're not going to be able to do it the same way as if, if it was just you or if it was you and uh, just say your significant other. So consider the age, consider the speed, consider the amount of people that, that, that will be there that will cause you to kind of move maybe at a particular uh, pace. Number two, for lodging and accommodations, does everyone want to be in close proximity to each other? So you're like, okay, well, these people can be in this room. These people can be in that room. Well, you know, maybe you, you'll deal with multiple rooms. Here's here's a for instance for you. So it's quite often that I will have somebody ask me, okay, you know, help me plan my trip. Oh, and by the way, grandparents are coming. Can we get them room? Sure, would love to, absolutely. But the thing that we don't often consider is do the, the, the core family units, so say mom and dad and the kids, want to be right next door to the grandparents? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes the grandparents don't want to be right next door to them. They want to be down there to support the family, to be there to help watch the kids so mom and dad can go out and play and so they can all create amazing memories together. But they don't always want to be right next door to each other. And actually, now that we bring this up, this is an important thing that not everyone may be uh, aware of, is that uh, Disney does not guarantee connecting rooms. Okay, so Disney does not guarantee. So you may have been there before, and like a lot of hotels, they have doors that open up and connect with other rooms. And they do not guarantee connecting rooms except in very certain and specific circumstances. For instance, where parents of minors have to be split up between two different rooms, say, you know, one parent in one room, one parent in another room, or other special, you know, circumstances. Uh, so... In situations like that, Disney prioritizes those, right? Their official statement is they do not guarantee connecting rooms, but they do prioritize certain groups. That has just been a proven, uh, you know, fact uh, that as far as from my experience, and they will do the best job, you know, they can to get you in as close proximity to the people that you want to be or as far away from the people maybe that, that you want to be. So if you have a request for a specific building or a request for a you know specific floor, as long as it fits within the room type that you've booked, because that's very important, each building at the resorts, especially, you know, buildings like or resorts, hotels like Caribbean Beach or Coronado Springs or even some of the value resorts like Art of Animation or Pop Century, you know, they have these, you know, different buildings that are out there and they're kind of scattered about. Uh, they're not all standard view. They're not all, you know, pool view or water view or preferred view. They're, they're different ones in each building sometimes. So just, just be aware that Disney does the best job they can to accommodate those requests, especially when times are, you know, things are more and more booked. It can be a little bit more difficult. Again, not impossible. The earlier you request these things, typically the better. Uh, so that's just kind of one little one little tip for you out there. So again, uh, for those of you that are just popping on, I want to kind of pause here real quick. What Star Wars experience should Disney add to the parks? Would love to hear from some of you all tonight on that. I'm going to highlight some of our Facebook feed comments uh, real quickly. And there are a number, <laughs> a number of different, uh, very entertaining responses and some that make more sense and some that are just kind of harassing me. Uh, my buddy, Dave Adams over at the unrelated at birth podcast with his buddy, Adam Russell says pod racing, 100% missed opportunity there. A pod racing attraction would be amazing. Uh, my friend Terry Weaver says roasted in quotations, porg, uh, there'd be a very easy way to, to do that. I compared it to, um, kind of my experience uh, eating a delicacy in Peru, a certain delicacy, but he's, he's like, well, why can't we just do like, you know, 
little tiny game hens or Cornish hens or something like that. So, I mean, yeah, that would kind of, that would kind of make sense to do something like that. A VR experience where you could be a stormtrooper and come to face with Vader. Oh, wait a minute. That did exist at Disney, uh, at the void at Disney Springs. May it rest in peace. It is no longer speeder bikes through indoor. Now this is a missed opportunity. There used to be a speeder bike, uh, very close to, uh, very close to star tours that you could get your picture taken on, uh, on or by. And occasionally Chewbacca would pop up there, but I don't think that's there anymore. Uh, bring back the Jawas who used to trade stuff with you. Uh, that would be, uh, that would be great. Also, uh, <laughs> this is a good one. My buddy, Chris Perrin says freezing and carbonite. So when the kids get grumpy, they can be shipped back to the room. <laughs> sure. Publicly, you will say I'm a monster, but you know, you, you do it. Yeah, uh, more Jar Jar. So Jar Jar, uh, we we love Jar Jar. Now Zach Bay, uh, I'm not going to put this up on the screen. He says the Kobayashi, the Kobayashi Maru. So for those of you that don't know what the Kobayashi Maru is, that is a Star Trek reference. So Zach is, um, he'll be banned from the page uh, shortly. Anyway, so those are just kind of a few comments for where we're at. But again, would love to hear from some of you all. What Star Wars experience should Disney add to the parks? That is our question of the night. So what Disney experience should, uh, should Disney, what Star Wars experience should Disney add to the parks? So let's talk a little bit more about uh, lodging. So, uh, there's the option to put family units in separate rooms, but sometimes the grandparents or maybe a couple of families can say, you know, brothers or sister or brother and sister with, you know, want to put the cousins together and kind of everybody in one spot. Maybe they can cook for each other and those sorts of things. There are accommodations at, in Disney resort hotels. You can get that do have full kitchens uh, that are available for you that have the dishes, you know, the cooking utensils, all those kinds of things uh, for you available. There are not many of those. There are not many of those accommodations that do have multiple bedrooms. Uh, you may be familiar, familiar with some of the villas, the one bedroom, two bedroom, and three bedroom villas, or the three bedroom grand villas in some cases. Uh, there are also the cabins at Fort Wilderness that do have a little bit more stretching room. You can very easily fit a family of six in one of those, uh, and they do have kitchens in them as well. But the downside to the cabins at Fort Wilderness is they only have one bathroom. Whereas if you jump up to the two-bedroom villas or the three-bedroom villas, um, they have multiple bathrooms. Even in the case of the family suites at Disney's Art of Animation Resort, they have two bathrooms as well, two full baths. So the, the bathrooms are a little bit different as far as what you'll see and what they'll look like in both. But you know, still you know, ability to kind of take a shower in both and uh, toilet combo, all the, all those sorts of things. So all those things that you need. So again, do you want lodging that's going to fit everybody or do you want lodging that's going to kind of split people up? Sometimes it's a little bit more economical to split the family units up, maybe and stick them in multiple rooms at a, at a uh, value resort or even some cases uh, in the moderate resorts like Caribbean Beach or Coronado Springs, uh, hopefully the Port Orleans Resort or Port Orleans Riverside and Port Orleans French Quarter Resorts uh, will be coming back soon and we'll be talking about those. Uh, that would be an option as well. But, you know, again, it, it just depends on the kind of resort experience that you want, how close you want to be to the parks, uh, the kinds of things that you want to be able to do at the resort hotel, how long you want it to take to get to, you know, other things uh, as well. So there are a lot of different options, a lot of different ways to kind of look at it. So we've talked about uh, the, the first thing, considering the sort of age and speed uh, that people travel and move, the number of people that are traveling with you. We've talked about accommodations. We've also talked about dining. We've also talked about dining. Now, dining is, is another issue 
that um, needs to be considered for a number of reasons. When you go with more people, when you go with more people, there are going to be more kind of specific dining needs, uh, specific food aversions or allergies that will need to be taken into consideration. But before we get there, I want to take a look at a couple of comments from uh, Jen uh, Waterman. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name uh, correctly. She's dropped a couple of comments in tonight. The first one is this, uh, a dining meal with Chewy, Ray, Vader, and Kahlo. That would be amazing. So another one of the comments that was um, left on the newsfeed earlier was this exact thing. Character meals, a Star Wars character meal would be absolutely uh, incredible. The, the next one she mentions is an adult Jedi class. That would be awesome, too. I would love to do the class that they offer for kids. So the Jedi Training Academy they used to host right outside Star Tours at Disney's Hollywood Studios uh, is was a pretty amazing thing. Has not been brought back yet. Uh, hopefully that will be one of the things that we see um, that comes back. But again, these are really cool experiences. Thank you so much for your comments, Jen. Um, we would love to know. From you all, what Star Wars experience should Disney add back to the parks? All right, moving forward to dining. That's kind of where we're going to settle tonight, and everybody loves talking about food. Mobile ordering. So mobile ordering has made things a lot easier. Uh, it, is, it is a lot easier. So uh, speaking of Star Wars, uh, mobile ordering is available in a um, few different places in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Docking Bay 7 and also at Ronto Roasters. So if you want that delicious Ronto wrap, man, I have not had the breakfast version, but the regular kind of lunch version um, that has, we think it's maybe kind of like a bratwurst or slaw in there. There's a sliced pork roast, uh, sort of uh, in, a, in a pita. There's this amazing sauce that they put. It's just so good. It's filling and it is is not like, Super expensive for a quick service meal. It's kind of a meal all in one, so to speak. And it'll it'll fill you up for a meal. It really will. Get yourself one of those and maybe like a Coke or some water or something like that. And you'll be good to go. But you can order those um, through the mobile ordering app. And again, to get into uh, the dining seating areas for a lot of the dining locations now at Walt Disney World, you have to have a an active kind of food, uh, either pickup order or, or a reservation uh, for if they're a table service. So you'll have to kind of show the app. And if I, I might be able to get a screenshot of this, uh, hopefully sometime, to, to, to show you all. But you'll show the app to the cast member to be able to come in. You'll pick up your food, and you'll find a place to sit, and you sit, and you'll, you enjoy your food. So, again, super easy. Just you use that in conjunction with a card that's loaded up to your My Disney Experience account. Um, if you don't have a My Disney Experience account, by the way, and you're considering a trip to Disney, and you have Disney+, Plus, it's the same login. If you ever ch- – this is – Bonus travel tip. I hadn't planned on saying this. If you ever change the password on your Disney Plus account and you try to log into your Disney World account or your My Disney Experience account to work on park passes or dining or whatever it is, it's the same password. It's the same email, same password. So try not to have two different ones because that can confuse things sometimes. If you have questions about that, how it works, uh, feel free to holler at me. We'd love to help you out. So again, dining, uh, the mobile ordering has made things a lot easier talked about Ronto Roasters. Docking Bay 7 is another great place. So Ronto Roasters is actually open uh, limited hours. It is one of the places that is open first thing in the morning. They have a breakfast version of their Ronto wrap uh, that's pretty good from what I hear. So you can check that out. But even after uh, Ronto Roasters closes, usually mid to late afternoon, uh, typically you can still find the Ronto wrap 
on the menu at Docking Bay 7 uh, that is open until later in the day. It is a quick service restaurant, one of my top quick service locations on Disney property right now. Very close up there for me with Satuli Canteen over at Disney's Animal Kingdom Park. So uh, mobile ordering, check it out. You can find it in a number of different places in the parks, outside of the parks, uh, at the resort hotel quick service locations uh, as well. So be on the lookout for those. Uh, number two, table service dining. So usually you're, well, I'll say you used to be able to get uh, table service dining reservations about 180 days in advance. So right about, you know, right around six months or so in advance, you could start securing those table service dining reservations. Right now that has changed since the parks reopened last June to 60 days out from, from when you get to uh, or from where your when your reservation is, if you're trying to get a reservation on a, on a specific day, you're just going to be in town. You've got one day tickets, and you kind of log on, you get your park passes set up, and you're looking for you know dining reservations. The date is 60 days from the day you want to get it. However, if you have a trip, this is one of the other perks to booking an on-property vacation package from day one of your trip to day two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Well, however many days you're going to be there, you have that entire window starting 60 days out from the first day of your trip all the way in. So that could be a huge advantage, especially if you're trying to get hard to get reservations at places like, you know, maybe Cinderella's Royal Table uh, or uh, Chef Mickey's or, uh, you know, say Ohana when it reopens, you know, places like that that are very typically uh, high in demand. So, and again, there's not a reopening date for Ohana. That was just sort of an example to, to put that out there. So the whole point of this is to keep those deadlines in mind uh, and to have a plan before the date. So don't wait right until that time. Don't wait. Definitely don't wait until you get there. Yes. Will it be cancellations? Sure. Sometimes there are cancellations, but not always. Uh, don't, don't bank on those cancellations, especially again, we're talking about traveling with large families, large groups, especially if you have large families and large groups that you're traveling with, get them to utilize that mobile ordering system, you know, pass out gift cards if you need to, you know, that, that's, that's another uh, method you can use, I believe through the mobile. I've not tried, uh, but I believe you can use those through the mobile ordering platform. You have to upload that number, I think every time. Um, but Again, another great way to kind of help folks budget and learn and that kind of thing where you don't have to lean on a credit card every time. You can still use a gift card with mobile ordering. So, and by the way, if you're having trouble with the app or something happens, uh, there are cast members that are there that are stationed at all these quick service locations that can assist you with your orders if you're having issues with your mobile device or you know, battery dies, you know, what have you. So um, just be aware of that. There's a, there's a little bit of, little bit of flexibility there. I mean, Disney's there to serve. Uh, to serve you. So table service, dining reservation, 60 days out, uh, start soon, make a plan, you know, list those restaurants, be aware of food allergies that people have. Uh, there is, when you make table service reservations, they don't require you to put a name in for every single person that is on that reservation right when you make it. Uh, the advantage of doing that though, especially if you link, link them, um, is if they're already in kind of your, your, your shared guests or your link, your accounts and what have you, there's a way to, to add information like uh, food allergies and that will stay attached to their name. So when you make the reservations, that'll ding Disney system for them to be aware. So even if they're not linked right up front and you know, somebody has a food allergy or a food aversion, uh, or, you know, maybe they're a vegetarian or they're eating kosher or whatever the case may be. These are things that it's important to know when you book those uh, dining reservations. Disney's super flexible. You know, I would say eight, nine times out of ten, um, they will do what they can to 
cater to you. So if you're going to a place that's primarily seafood, they'll find a way to get you some, you know, safe, maybe chicken or steak out. If you're, if you have a, a peanut allergy or a soy allergy or, or, uh, you know, diabetic, you know, those sorts of things, or you're vegetarian or kosher, like I said, there, there are different ways that Disney will try to accommodate you. They're, they're really great with that, but they're even better if they find out in advance, especially in the context of large group. It's super important, large groups. It's super important to know those things anyway, but definitely if it's a larger group that's coming to dine, uh, at one time. The other thing I'll mention is this, it can be more challenging to get dining reservations for larger groups. Uh, so even, even on the first day that they're open, uh, it's in, and again, kind of bringing it back around the reason, one of the reasons why we're doing this is because things have changed a little bit uh, with the pandemic. And one of those is how many, uh, how many spots that Disney will typically let you reserve or, or the number of people that, that Disney will allow to be seated in one specific area. You know, there hopefully will be some more flexibility with those numbers, you know, with, with things changing in the future. But, you know, for the time being, um, there's, it's just a little bit different situation. Like they're not just going to seat a bunch of, you know, young kids together that need supervision without somebody supervising them. And then everybody else in kind of the opposite of the restaurant, they're going to do what they can to accommodate you. But the best thing to do is to, is to get with somebody, hopefully your travel mission, travel planner, uh, be it me or somebody else. And, and have them work with you to set up a plan beforehand to call Disney Dining to save you time uh, and, and hassle, uh, hopefully making that happen. So more time in advance, you're able to kind of plan and kind of work things out. Hopefully, uh, you'll, we'll be able to make something happen for you. Uh, so we mentioned making sure allergies are taken into account, and this info is kind of put into my Disney experience ahead of time. Again, that'll help table service restaurants prepare for your crew as they arrive. Uh, there's a possibility that you may be even contacted in advance uh, by the restaurants to kind of ask some questions to figure out the kind of things that, that these people like and, and don't like and whatnot. So uh, this is also important to know. So there are some uh, restaurants that have prefixed kind of kind of prices and meals so basically a place like cinderella's royal cinderella's royal table or be our guest over in the beast castle uh, in new fantasy land um, in magic kingdom they have like a specific menu that you have to pick from and if you look at that you're like well i'm allergic to that 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 i don't like that i don't like that this person doesn't like this this person's allergic to that you can still go there right you can still go there uh, they will occasionally sprinkle some disney magic and and help you out that's one of the reasons like why you, you contact somebody like me or others to have those conversations, to make a plan, and to have, you know, help you have an amazing time. So, you know, say your kid really want, like, their dream is to, is to dine in Cinderella's Castle, but you don't like anything they got on the menu, or you can't eat half of what's on there. Don't let that stop you, and don't be quiet about it. Like, if you have a question about something, ask. Ask, especially ask ahead of time, and hopefully we can come up with a plan. Number four. Again, we kind of under the dining area. Disney does have some limits on the size of parties and tables uh, at the moment. So the big thing, you know, we kind of already mentioned that a little bit. The big thing there is just be a little flexible. Uh, kind of have maybe a buddy system in place uh, or something of that nature where you know certain people can be seated together. Try and group people if you can in advance, and that will help things. Um, that will help things run a little bit smoother. Uh, attractions. So talk about dining. We're going to finish up with attractions. You'll still need to social distance in lines. Be aware of that. So if you're traveling with a large group and that large group kind of goes between the social distancing markers a little bit, you're still going to need to kind of stick those markers as much as you can while you're in line. Uh, and, and I say that because Disney doesn't know. It's like when the cast members walking by and sees you all, all like clumped up together, they may say something to you about 
spreading apart or you know something like that. So just be aware of that. Try and respect that as much as possible. Also think about the other guests that are going to be around you as well. So it's not just about your crew being there, staying all clumped together. Yeah, you might be sharing rooms or whatever the case is, but not everybody around you knows that. So try and respect those rules as much as possible and be aware and kind and courteous to the people around you. Uh, and, and you'll have a great time and others will too. Um, in addition to having kind of the, the buddy system set up for dining, also have the have riding buddies set up and plan for plan in advance. So a lot of the rides uh, seat two by two. Some of them seat a little bit more than two by two. Uh, so kind of have that in mind that'll help you get on and off the rides a little bit faster and kind of have you know, an advanced meeting point if somebody were to get lost. Uh, the best place to go if anybody ever does get lost or misplaced. Remember, parents never lose kids. I mean, kids never lose parents. Parents lose the kids. That's how kind of how they look at that. So you'll never hear Disney call out a lost child situation. They will call out lost parents. Uh, and when that does happen, typically the meeting spot is guest relations, which is usually towards the front of the park. So guest relations is a great place. There's also a location at Disney Springs in case anybody, even if it's not children, if it's adults, if you ever get separated, go to guest relations. They are open before the park. They're they're open. They're open before the park opens. They are open after the park closes. Uh, third, under attractions, have a plan for rider swap if needed. So if you do have uh, children, people are going to be waiting and swapping off. Can I already have that plan in advance? Uh, magic bands are typically used, and the RFID technology through Magic Mobile and phones are used with that now. If you have a key to the world card uh, for, you know, you have a card for your ticket as opposed to the magic band, oops, excuse me, a magic band or um or your phone, you can use that card. Same thing, they'll tap it. They'll they'll help you set up with those rider swap experiences. If you do have children that will not be riding a certain attraction, but one adult does need to be walking with them. Uh, the same thing for the Disney DAS Pass, uh, the Disability Access Service. So, uh, you know, that is something where they don't ask you a lot of medical information, very personal stuff. Um, you may have to give them a very basic explanation as to why, like, for example, you can't stand in lines for a long time. That's a pretty common one uh, for different reasons that are legit and that are out there. So uh, there, there are a bunch of different things. You come up there hobbling, you know, in your, in your legs in a cast with a crutch or whatever. I mean, you know, they're not going to ask you questions uh, about that. But that's something you get set up in advance. Um, and that is, you know, another thing that you need to have plans for, especially if you're traveling in a larger group. So uh, that's kind of all we've got for tonight. I'm going to take one more last look at our comments on the news feed. So there are a lot of great uh, comments that are kind of coming in and out there right now. It's kind of, <laughs> this is a good one. Uh, so Marie Ebersol says, uh, Han Solo and Carbonite tables at Star Wars Seems Restaurant. So again, this is from our question of the day, kind of wrapping up our Star Wars conversation. What Star Wars experience should you add to the Disney parks? So Han Solo and Carbonite tables at Star Wars Themed Restaurants. Uh, character meals, there it is again. Princess makeovers, but Leia and Padme style. That would actually be pretty cool, even, even for adults. Uh, and another vote for pod racing. So good stuff, y'all. Uh, thank y'all so much for uh, commenting on the show tonight. This makes this a lot more fun uh, and entertaining. And like I said, we are on YouTube live for the first time um, in a long time. So if you're still watching tonight, which there might be like two of you right now, uh, please subscribe over on YouTube. I'm going to be promoting that on Facebook because that's where most of the interaction we get is. And also on uh, on 
on my email list as well. But we'd love for you to subscribe on uh, on YouTube. Uh, once we hit, I think, 100 subscribers, we get our own custom URL, uh, which which that'll be a lot of fun uh, to do also. So thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, again, if I can help you with any of your travel needs, I don't charge anything extra for my travel uh, planning services. You pay the same amount if you were to do all the legwork yourself. Uh, I'll be available to you, and uh, we'd love to chat more. If you have any Disney travel needs, Universal, uh, you know, cruise lines that are a lot of the cruise ships are coming back to their home ports which is great to see or all-inclusive resorts or a custom land tour package which i've been working on a few of those recently it's been uh, a lot of fun so thank you all so much for tuning in may the fourth be with you and we will see you again real soon bye-bye thanks for listening to travel tips tuesday we'll be back next week with another episode see you then